Welcome back to Talk of the Town on 99.7 and 1450 WHTC on WHTC.com and on the WHTC app for your smartphone. Once again, here's your host, Gary Stevens. Welcome back to Talk of the Town for this Friday, January 5th. It's far from July, unless you're in the Southern Hemisphere and weather definitely is summertime right now, but we're not there. But on this first Friday of the month at this time, we spotlight the Holland Department of Public Safety, and we either focus on fire operations or police services. And last month, we had Fire Marshal Brent Groendike in, so therefore, this month of January, we spotlight the uh, police services unit of the Holland Department of Public Safety and Sergeant John Weatherwax, who's involved in community policing, is on the other side of our table this morning. John, welcome back, and Happy New Year, sir. Happy New Year, Gary. Good to be here. Thank you. He is joined by Yvette Mendoza. And clarify for me, Yvette, Director of the Victim Services Unit, is that a, a way to yes. put your title? Yes. Okay. That's very good and very glad you are here with us as well. And we will be talking about victim services, exactly what they are, what they provide, and how you can help the victim services unit. If you have a question, 616-395-1450, 616-395-1450. Yvette, the name of the operation might be a good way to describe exactly what it does. Victim Services Unit. You come in after a, a crime, an offense has happened, and you're there to try to help the victims pick up the pieces. Correct. Um, crime, crisis, trauma, whatever the police are called out to where someone is experiencing something like that, um, and they feel that our services would be beneficial to help them through the immediacy of that situation. Is it a almost a case where somebody has to be on call 24-7? Yes, we do have someone on call 24-7. And what does it take to be someone who could be effective in this unit? Because it would seem that you really need someone who is multi-skilled and being a good multi-tasker because uh, and also a cool head in a tough situation. Yes, I think the most important thing is compassion. Compassion and open mind to deal with different types of people. You know, we're not all built the same, so you have to have an open mind with the people that you're dealing with and the situations that they're encountering. Um, and compassion. Compassion for your fellow community members. That is one thing thing that is needed but like anything else i would think that's not something that is of unending supply even those involved sometimes need to recharge the batteries yes. to use that term mm -hmm. which means how long does someone be involved in this before you gotta say take a break or bring any other people in because in it's We've talked about this before, John, in the yeah. sense that um, officers of the law usually are on the front lines in the rawest emotions, but they're human as well. And you can only take so much before 
you either become embittered or you need a, a, a break as well. I would assume being a part of this victim services unit, when you're dealing with the raw emotions, uh, especially for victims of uh, 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 a traumatic situation, sometimes you know you need to recharge the batteries, for lack mm-hmm. of a better term. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. We work on a schedule. Uh, so we have two people on call at any given time. Our shifts run from Monday through Sunday, 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. and 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. So you're on call for a week. And then you're off for three. Um, as far as longevity, we've got people there who have been there for 26 years, 21 years. Um, we have other people who have started full of compassion, really want to do, and then after taking some calls, figure out that it hurts their heart too much. Um, and don't stick around for that reason. Um, but, yeah, we all need to recharge. Uh, we're there for each other to debrief calls and and just come together as a, as a unit. Um, on really difficult calls, the department has a peer-to-peer support team where we will all get together, and that's advocates, police, fire, AMR, hospital staff, 911 dispatchers um, on really big calls uh, that affect all of us. Um, so there are different ways of recharging, and we encourage self-care. Dare I say, Yvette Mendoza, a situation that happened in Perry, Iowa, would be that type of everybody needs to rally around? Yes. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yes. And here's the, here's the kicker of this whole thing. In that situation, I mentioned it in the story that I put on uh, with, with Sheriff Frank Baker of Allegan County. We touched upon this yesterday. It could happen anywhere at any time. Absolutely, and that that's something that, not to side rail us too much, but uh, the community policing team does offer uh, citizen response to active shooter events, uh, training for, for uh, individuals, organizations, businesses, what have you in the city. And we've been very successful in teaching that program uh, throughout our city, and it's the same program that Ottawa County Sheriff's Department teaches countywide as well. So we're happy to provide that uh, to, our, to our community. I didn't do a check before I took air this morning. But around 5.30 this morning when I put the story together on the website, uh, there was only one spot left for that training class next Thursday by Ottawa County. Gotcha. It's, it, it is very popular. That's for the general public. Uh-huh. But I believe how, the Holland Department of Public Safety is similar to Allegan County in the sense that it's not so much what you would train for the general public is you go to businesses, you go to churches, to do that training, right? Yeah, we do provide it for larger offices that uh, that have an employee, uh, you know, staff of 10, 12 and larger. We've done uh, I've, I've, the curriculum I've presented at conferences here at the Double Tree for 200, 250 people, but I've done it to offices uh, for as small as 10 or 12 people as well. So we can uh, teach that curriculum on site at your local uh, organization, uh, but we are looking at taking on the county model as well uh, within the next six months, uh, doing an open to the public forum right at the police department. Yeah, which would be very much uh, a public service, yeah. shall we say. But let's get back to the subject at hand, which is dealing with the Victim Services Unit. And if you have a question for Yvette Mendoza of the VSU or Holland Department of Public Safety Police Community Servicing Officer, Sergeant John Weatherwax, they'll be happy to answer it at 616-395-1450. 
616-395-1450. Dealing with victims of crimes, of offenses, uh, some might say, well, police have been doing this for years and years and years. I will say, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, this is still a relatively new venture in the sense that victims' rights has only really emerged, I would think, from the 1990s onward. Um, When I first came here, the efforts of the late State Senator, State Representative Bill Van Regenmorter for a victim's rights Mm -hmm. and, and, and restitution in state law had just yeah in the been 1980s put in, you know just been put in so relatively speaking it's still relatively quote unquote new event it's still something that there's been some years the unit has evolved but still there are some other things that they're still learning on the job i would think mm-hmm. yes no there are I'll, we do training for new advocates, and we have ongoing training. One of the things that um, we had upped our continuing education to 12 hours a year, um, back when the uh, concert shooting happened in Las Vegas, um, one of the things that they had to do was get victim advocates from across the country in order to serve the people um, that were victims of that, that shooting. Um, and from what I understand, Michigan was kind of like, you know, we need to know that we have advocates in Michigan, that they have, you know, adequate training, and we can pull in our own state before, you know, pulling from a, a larger group throughout the country so that we have, you know, we're there. We're in Michigan. We're right here. So um, we do continuing education all the time. What the aspects of education has really improved? Since the unit, and correct me what uh, you said was 1980s, 1990s, when it was first started, the Holland Police Department? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, we started, our unit started in 1997. Okay. Since that time, what things have really improved in that regard in addressing the needs of victims? Well, I think that with the establishment of our unit is officers are busy. I mean, you know, they're doing their investigation they have calls that are holding on the road, and our unit provides the people that we're working with um, an anchor, um, some resources, something to help them through the immediacy of, immediacy of that that the officers may not be able to spend the time on. And so they are, they are getting a little bit more help there. And we have a lot of people who might not have family, um, who might be a tourist here in Holland, a visitor and don't have their family available to them. Um, So being able to just provide those kinds of services, I think, has really helped the community. 616-395-1450, if you have a question for Yvette Mendoza of the Holland Department of Public Safety's Victim Services Unit or uh, Public Police Services uh, Community Policing Sergeant John Weatherwax, 616-395-1450. I have mentioned this over the last few weeks, few months, really. Uh, one of my re- new responsibilities here at uh, on the website at whtc.com is uh, 
putting together the Holland police log from calls uh, taken by the uh, central dispatch and, you know, phones into the Holland uh, Department of Public Safety due to the redacting and all that. But I hate to say this, but it, a, a day hardly goes by when I look and do these logs that I don't see a line suicide. Hardly a day goes by that I don't see that. And talk a little bit, Yvette, about addressing those family members and friends of someone who decided to take their own life. That is as challenging, I believe, as anything that the unit might have. It is very challenging. I mean, it it has components um, in the grief process that are very different than other types of deaths, just like homicides um, also have a very different component. I mean, you know, there are um, situations and for both of those um, that can be difficult for people to wrap their minds around um, and to accept that this is what happened. Um, And so trying to work with them through that and give them some resources so that they can get some ongoing support from other people who have experienced the same kinds of things. I think that's really important for a lot of people are the ongoing support groups um, for people who have, you know, there's that, that saying, you know, the, the portrait's not the same, but the landscape is. And I think that's very important that they get help secondarily to the actual time of the incident um, in, in helping to heal and understand and kind of come to grips with things. That leads me then, Yvette, to talk a little bit about exactly what does this unit do. It would seem, based on what I'm hearing, is that the unit comes in in the raw moments after an offense has been done, helps shepherd the either the victims directly or the victims' families through the initial shock, and then directs them into certain areas, certain uh, uh, resources to be able to help them in a longer term while the unit steps back and then works with other situations. Mm-hmm. Am I am I putting it somewhat yeah, similar exactly. like that? Exactly. And so when we're coming in on a scene, it depends on what it is. I mean, we're responding to um, natural deaths. We are responding to homicides, uh, lost and missing persons, um, fires, um, we don't typically do criminal sexual conduct, but there's been a few, you know, square peg, round hole kind of things that we have responded to. Um, so it it really depends on what the situation is, suicides, industrial accidents, drownings, um, all kinds of things. So it depends on what the circumstances are and, and what's needed and the individual we're working with. Um, there's a breadth of responses that people have. Um, we can have somebody who is in shock and is processing things and they want to make you coffee. Um, we have other people who are going to double over and, and start to hyperventilate or, you know, vomit. Um, you know, there's just a whole breadth of responses. And so we're just going to go in and help them where they're at. 
Um, we're going to try to help get their family and friend support system in place. We're going to be able to explain to them what's going on with law enforcement or the fire department and what they're doing and why they're doing it. Um, lead, them, lead them to some resources. Help make them phone calls um, if we need to transport them. Um, you know, whatever the situation is. If I could add to that, too, you know, as being a patrol supervisor and uh, being the, the law enforcement liaison to our victim services unit um, and having to have called them out several times and being with them when they interact with the community, it is amazing. And, and you alluded to this earlier, Gary, like, oh, the police officers, they're trained to do this kind of thing. And, and we do have some sensitivity training, some compassion, all that stuff. And I think that our department is is phenomenal in that area. However, when we bring in the victim services unit, these individuals are highly trained, highly motivated, and as Yvette uh, said too, they've got the compassion, the time and availability to really spend with victims in their time of need that uh, during an investigation, law enforcement just doesn't really have. And they're so sensitive and, and specifically trained and focused to be able to spend time with these individuals to really come alongside them and help them in that time of need. And being a part of that several times in my career has just been really special to watch, and we we're very, very fortunate to have this team. Good morning. You're on the air with Yvette and with John. Good morning. i got a question for both of you. Probably about five months ago, I was in my parking lot. Uh, there was an altercation between two ladies, apparently road rage. The police department, from what I understand, had numerous calls about this argument in the parking lot. Uh, while I was there, nobody showed up. Here's a kicker to the whole thing. The lady, there was one lady, she reached into her car, she came back out, basically had a Glock pointed at the lady and says, I'm going to shoot you. Okay, I heard all this. The other lady, she left. So I go up, talk to the lady, I said, you realize how stupid you are for pulling a gun on somebody? Well, I feared for my life. I said, she never got out of the car. So I took down the license number, called the police department, and tell them what happened. Took, you know, they took a report and all this good stuff. So I called back, and I wanted to know what happened to this lady, because if she's psychologically unbalanced enough to pull a gun on somebody in a parking lot, she shouldn't have a gun. But the officer I called... Never returned my calls. I called them three times. I wanted to know what happened. Another officer, well, you weren't the victim, so we can't tell you what happened. Something is wrong with this. Explain it to me. All right. Thank you very much for the call. Go ahead, John. Well, I can I can uh, say this firsthand. So I'm not familiar with this specific incident. So unfortunately, I can't answer any of the questions that you may have about the incident what the disposition was, what happened to the individuals on scene, because I'm, I'm unfamiliar, I wasn't involved with this specific incident. But regarding the privacy of individuals, we, we really take that seriously. So whether it was going to be a criminal prosecution or it's something that we saw charges on somebody, we really we can't release that information about other people to just the general public that may call in or even walk into our police department. And I'm sure that's, that's understandable to most people. And if it was a safety uh, issue. I'm I'm confident that our that our police officers out there that dealt with this dealt with it firsthand, making sure that the public safety was uh, first and foremost. So we got to keep people's people's.
privacy, very secure in our in law enforcement, and I, it sounds like that's what was being done. But uh, you know, I apologize that you you weren't necessarily satisfied with that incident. Um, but again, I'm unfamiliar with it. Otherwise, I might be able to uh, give you a little bit more insight. I appreciate the call because we do have another one to uh, speak up with. 616-395-1450. Good morning. You're on Talk of the Town. Yes, uh, a lot of suicides are committed by people being bullied. Can you be arrested for bullying another person? Yeah, yes, you can. I mean, if it goes past the line of harassment, um, and, and it could be considered assault if it escalates continually, but uh, yes, I mean, is there necessary legislation about bullying per se? Uh, maybe not specifically, but it can meet the, the elements of other crimes such as stalking, harassment, um, or even assault. How about groups of people? Uh, what do you mean by that? Another word, uh, similar, can I, can I come in? Maybe that uh, sure. situation involving that one actor who was stuck in Los Angeles in a, uh, traffic jam and these kids on motorbikes came around and started, you know, banging on windows and all that. Yeah. If there's a group of people that are, that are harassing or intimidating, or as you said, bullying one individual, absolutely. It could escalate to have uh, charges brought against multiple people. Good. Thank you so very much. Absolutely. I thank you very much for the call. Now, the Victim Services Unit with the Holland Department of Public Safety is looking for the public's help. Tell us a little bit about what you're looking for and how the public can be a part of the unit. We are looking for some advocates. We have mostly day shifts, but we do have some night shifts available as well, um, substitutes to be advocates. And we are having open interviews on January 10 from 5.30 p.m. to 7.30 p.m. Again, a compassionate heart, 21 years of age. Um, you have to have a good driving record. We do a very comprehensive background check. Um, so if you're interested in joining our team, please come to the station, and we'd love to see you there. For those who may not be aware, station is basically the uh, uh, 50, uh, 57th, uh, uh, the courthouse. Over the courthouse, the police department. Yeah, mm -hmm. and you don't necessarily have to be a resident of Holland to be a part of this? No, but we do expect like a 15, 20-minute response time. So you can't be too far outside the city. Okay, just because there are some, you know, there are some positions where you have to be a resident in Holland. Yes, one of the advantages of having a city unit is the quick response time. And then finally, how can people apply online? Because you can certainly apply ahead of time, right? Yes, if you go to bsu.cityofholland.com. Right there, that'll bring you to the Victim Services uh, web link on our on our website. It'll give you all kinds of information about the, the team itself, and then there'll be a link to fill out an application if you want to fill it out there and send it in. Otherwise, if you want to come on the evening of January 10th, as Yvette said, we can have uh, uh, applications there for you to fill out and jump right into an interview. Sergeant John Weatherwax, Yvette Mendoza, thank you very much for telling us about the Victim Services Unit. Wish both of you well not only in victim services for you, Yvette, but also in community policing for you, Sergeant Weatherwax. Thank you. Karen. Thank you. Look forward to chatting with you again in the future. And we thank Yvette Mendoza and Sergeant John Weatherwax for joining us here on 99.7 and 1450 WHTC.